Hi, we're Amy and McKenna, both business owners, photographers, and a small part of this Spark community. Spark is a group of Christian women creatives that meets weekly to discuss our faith, our lives, and our businesses. Because let's be honest, we just can't do it alone. Our mission is to be a weekly place of rest for creatives, to find a safe space to connect with God and grow in their faith. We want to invite you to be part of that when your coffee's running low and you're on the go. We'd love to meet you where you're at. Come join the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Spark the Podcast. I'm McKenna here with our other host, Amy. Hey, guys. And we are both so excited you guys are here. Guys, it is November. This is one of my favorite times of the year. The holidays are upon us, and even though it is getting darker a little earlier, the fact that Thanksgiving and Christmas are right around the corner have me so excited. I have to confess, I've already been cozying up by the fire and doing a little late-night editing to Hallmark Christmas movies, and it has been making me so happy. While this can be a really wonderful time of anticipation and joy, it can also be a really tough time for many. The holidays naturally bring about memories from our past and our childhood, and that can be difficult if we've lost loved ones or if our family dynamics have changed. I couldn't agree more. I absolutely love Christmas, and ever since I was a little girl with my family, we would make a tradition of driving around the neighborhoods to see the holiday decor and what they'd be doing. I mean, I just love seeing all the lights. Mm -hmm. I loved imagining how I would one day decorate my own house filled with lights and Christmas trees and just being super inviting. Like, I don't even know, but I was so excited. As I got older and more so when my parents got divorced, I really didn't look forward to the holidays. For one, I was probably an angsty (laughs) 16-year-old. Watching my family fall apart, well, that doesn't really help those matters, and especially during those high school years. That first Thanksgiving and Christmas, I mean, they were the worst. We didn't have our family traditions. We basically just joined my cousin, my aunt and uncles, and did all of their traditions. My brother and I immediately had to choose where we were spending the holidays and which parent we would be leaving alone. I felt guilt and sadness, anger, annoyance, all of the things around the holidays when you don't want to be feeling that. I just wanted to cry every time I felt pressured to do something that wasn't what I had been doing my entire life. Believe me when I tell you I am the queen of Hallmark movies. Guys, in college, I swear it was a sickness. (laughs) I couldn't miss one. They used to be so good in a way that filled this void my family didn't fill anymore. To be honest, they've gotten a little cheesier and a little harder for me to watch. But also, with time, it has been easier to adjust to the new traditions. The holidays are still filled with some anxiety. I still get that twinge of sadness of what isn't anymore. But I also see what is, and that's also a really beautiful thing. I can't imagine how difficult that must have been, having those traditions you've always celebrated and the family you had always known suddenly change. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that, McKenna. Um, And we're going to dive a little bit deeper um, into that later in the episode. But before we do, let's take a look at what the Bible says about loss and hardship in this life. God promises that in this life we will have troubles. In John 16, 20, Jesus is preparing his disciples that he will be going away. He is actually preparing them for his death on the cross. He says, very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. So with you, now is the time for grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. I have told you these things so that you may have peace. 
in this world, we will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. God promises that in this world, we will have trouble, just like Amy said. As long as we are on this side of eternity, we will have pain, heartache, disease, loss, and death. But God did not want to leave this as the end of our stories. God sent his only son to rescue us, to be the perfect sacrifice so that we can be in relationship and eventually eternal life with him. Take heart because Christ has overcome the world. He has overcome the darkness, the pain, the loss, and heartache we feel. And he has even overcome death. He is the reason for our rejoicing. He is the one who can turn our sorrow to joy. With God, we can rest in the fact that while we are guaranteed to have struggles in this imperfect, broken world we live in, we have a good and loving Father who wants to draw near to us now and comfort us in our pain. Matthew 5, 4 said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Psalms 34, 17 through 20 encourages us when it says, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. The Lord is our deliverer. He promises to deliver us from all of our afflictions, to be near the brokenhearted, to save the Christian spirit. He even promises to keep all of our bones. Not one of them will be broken. While we may experience really hard things in this life, we know with God that we will not be broken for good. We live in a broken world. And I think one of the answers for why am I going through this can be found in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. As we walk through hardships, God calls us to comfort those who might be going through the same thing. Jesus brings light to the darkness, and he calls us to share the light with the world. So let's talk about one of those really difficult things that many of us experience in this life, the loss of our family. It can happen in many ways. It is so hard when we lose a loved one to death, and this is something that we're going to be talking through in the coming weeks. But right now, we're going to be talking about losing our family unit to divorce. If you have gone through it, sometimes it really can feel like a death. McKenna, I know this has been a big part of your story. After growing up with what many people on the outside looking in would describe as the perfect family, you found out your parents had decided to separate when you were 16 years old. Can you talk us through what that was like for you? Yeah. I mean, it's like it wasn't real. You know, I still kind of think that I'm going to wake up and it not be real, but I wouldn't want that to happen necessarily. You know, my parents have been married for almost 25 years when all of this went down. And before I jump in and say all the negative, um, I want to say that I was 16 years old. You know, this was 16 years ago, actually, for me. I was in high school and I looked like I was 25 <laughs> and a lot of ways I acted like it. I was naive. I was pretty narrow-minded to the point that I had my entire life planned out. 
I'm like a pretty matter of fact person. So I just kind of wanted to have everything kind of set in stone and like, let's move on from there, you know? (laughs) And so I didn't really understand how somebody could break up a marriage after 25 years, like how that could happen. But again, I was a different person than I am now. And I say that because my parents were 20 years old when they got married, 20 years old. They became different people. And even now, uh, they're different than the parents I had 16 years ago. I think change is hard. You know, I struggled with this then, and I very much struggle with change now. It's odd kind of transporting back to that time in my life because I tried really hard to walk out a lot of those memories And now it's bringing them all up again, which is a good therapy, I guess. You know, I think the key word here is like, they're my memories. My brothers, my dads, my moms, they all experienced it very differently. And I've had to remind myself that along the way, that I wasn't the only one affected. While I'm allowed to have these feelings and be affected by the loss of something I thought was unbreakable, they still are allowed to have the same feelings (laughs) or different ones with whatever they decide. But I feel like it was like someone threw a grenade into my family and it exploded. The people inside the house were damaged, but the outside, everything was good. Like everything looked perfect. My mom went to Texas uh, the August going into my sophomore year of high school. She said, you know, mothers and their daughters fight at this age, so it's just better if I go to Texas. My family is originally from Texas, and she wanted to be close to her dad, who was going, getting older and struggling with his health. She also wanted my brother, Zane, to finish up high school around his cousins, and he was kind of, you know, a little bit of a troublemaker, and so she thought she could, like, be around him a little closer if they were all in the same town. Mm-hmm. I definitely did not want to move. I had a boyfriend. I was class president. I was doing great in my sports, and was like, I'm not going anywhere. My dad was running a business in Raleigh, and so we were pretty good. My dad and I just kind of got into a routine of things. I mentioned earlier that I acted like I was 25, and I kind of looked like it. Like, people at school would ask me where their class was as a freshman, and I was like, wait, wait, I'm 14, too. What are you talking about? I had to take on these parental duties, though. I started grocery shopping. I cleaned the house. I took her cars for oil changes and tire rotations. I had a serious boyfriend I was planning my life with at 16 years old. (laughs) My dad worked a lot. So this all just seemed like it needed to happen. We were both so independent that when my mom came back to visit and try to stay in the loop of things, my dad and I had our own routine. And I think that for her, there wasn't a place for her anymore. And for my dad and I, uh, you know, we had our spot. Like we were good. Like everything was like, as it was supposed to be not having anybody else's feelings like included in that. Yeah. It sounds like there were a lot of changes going on, especially like at a time when, you know, everything is changing in those high school years. And I know you've talked a little bit about the five stages of grief, which include shock and denial, anger, depression, bargaining, and acceptance. No two people experience grief the same way, and there isn't even necessarily a right order in which people must go through these stages. They're not a prescription. However, the five stages do serve as a helpful description and can give vocabulary to much of what people deal with internally as they walk down the winding road of grief. Did you experience each of these stages through the loss of what you had always known your family to be? And can you share a little bit about what that looked like for you? Oh, for sure. I experienced them. 
And I definitely feel like I got the backlash of other people uh, that was going through the same thing, like in my family. Um, at least that's how I felt anyway. I remember being on the phone with my mom. I mean, it's pretty clear. I don't really remember what we were talking about except this one part. I asked her straight up, wait a second, do you not love dad anymore? And she couldn't answer. I immediately hung up the phone. I ignored it and went about my business. I was pretty sad. I mean, what do you say when your mom basically tells you that she's out of love with your dad? You know, in my head now, as a 32-year-old, I think you fly home to your husband and you work on that relationship. As a 16-year-old, I think I thought the same thing. Or I thought freedom because I am 16 and my dad's working all the time and my mom's at home. So, hey. Three weeks later, I came home. I found my dad was sitting on the couch in our den, and he was upset. I said, what happened? And he said, your mom just asked for a divorce over the phone. I think I was hit by a brick. Mm. This was like right around Valentine's Day. And after this point, no holiday was safe. My dad and I both went into shock. Then we went to Texas for Easter. And that was actually that year very close to Valentine's Day for some Mm. reason. We, he tried to repair what was broken, and I just went into anger, hardcore anger. I was 16 after yeah. all, so I was pissed at everyone. My brother had been in Texas with my mom, so I was mad at him for not knowing what was going on. I'm pretty sure that the stages of grief hit people in waves because my brother definitely dished out some anger to me a couple years later. He was upset, apparently, that I was the younger sister who knew more than he did, being the older brother. Skip ahead to the bargaining. Oh, was I the master. My boyfriend was a freshman in college when I was a sophomore in high school. I literally had just got my license, but I told my mom if she didn't let me drive to Wake Forest University, which was two and a half hours away, I would never come to Texas to visit her. Oh, the gall (laughs) I had. But it worked. (laughs) Yeah, it worked. I drove there a few times that year. I was so angry and confused and sad that I didn't even phase me. I honestly would see my dad and see how hurt he was. And that protective part of me went into high alert. Now, keep in mind, the three people that it affected were me, my boyfriend, and my dad. And that is really all that never got any of my backlash of anger. I can't imagine, you know, going through all of those different stages and, you know, how hard it must have been to get to a place of acceptance or like, you know, if that's even happened. But I can also imagine that, you know, having Christ helped, you were saved when you were a little girl and have a deep faith rooted in Jesus. Where was God in all of this for you? What part did he play? I think I asked myself that a lot too. Like, I think in moments when you feel like the walls are all falling down, you kind of ask, where's Mm -hmm. God in this? And for me, like about six months into like finalizing everything with my dad um, or with like their divorce and stuff like that, uh, my dad joined the choir and I threw myself into Bible study and just school activities. Like there was Young Life and different stuff like that that were Christian focused. Um, And luckily for me, that college boyfriend of mine was a strong Christian and he tried to be there for me as much as possible as well. I found a mentor who helped me through the grieving, especially around the holidays, um, which, like I said, were not a fun part for me, and talked through God's word with me. Um, She heard me out and also pointed me to, like, the truth of what God was telling us. 
the thing is, is that what hurt the most was feeling like that abandonment. You know, back in the beginning, I kind of said, my mom told me like, mothers and their daughters fight at 16. It's better if I leave. Like later on, I really re- realized like how abandoned I felt. Like I did feel that sense of freedom and independence, but I also felt very much like, wait a second, like when I need somebody the most, like I have to talk about feminine products with my yeah. dad. Like nobody wants to do that. You know, it's like so weird, but I think that that was really tough. And then also she would say, my mother would say, God told me to get a divorce. That like didn't make sense because as a little girl to 16 to like, even now I still would process those words, you know, and I, and I still do now. Like the fact is, is that the more I got involved in church, it helped me separate that out as a lie. Like God doesn't want you to get divorced. And I knew that. And I knew that that was of the world and God put people in my life who supported me and loved me and showed me that. Um, So I was able to see that more than ever, but it was, it was definitely a hard thing. So I feel like what did, you know, where was God in all of this? He was there giving me the people to show me like the truth. And I think uh, what part did he play? Well, he weaved in my dad and I's life, like so much of being engrossed in our Mm -hmm. church and the activities and choosing the right friends, um, as far as like, that could be a support system. And then also like just communication between my dad and I, we really built up a relationship and it was really wonderful to have not only a father that loved me in heaven, but a father that loved me on earth. Um, and I could see that through his eyes and, and what an amazing like Testament to be able to see your dad and not see his faith Mm -hmm. wavered, even when he couldn't control a divorce happening. He didn't necessarily want this and he tried, but I think it was like, at some point it was too late and it does take both mm-hmm. in everything, right? Like it takes both to make a marriage work. It takes both for a marriage to fall apart. And I think it's easy for me to be one-sided and say like, you know, nothing is my dad's fault, but I also know that a lot of things happen behind closed doors and that's not fair for me to say. And I think even now I look back and I think, oh, I was extremely one-sided, like my poor mom. And the other part of me says, but she had my brother, yeah. you know? So I, I don't know if that's actually a helpful thing, but I think that for, for me personally, like if you're going through this and you're wondering where is God in, in this marriage, he's still there. And I don't know if you guys remember back when we were speaking on prayer, Jordan Jones came on and she talked about the triangle and you can drift away. But if you're not drifting like to the center of the triangle, to that top part, like that's where God is and that's where he's going to meet you. And I honestly think that both my parents, even though, you know, my dad was trying to get more involved in church, the other one wasn't meeting him at the top and maybe vice versa at times too. My dad definitely put work first and Uh, I think that that was hard. And, you know, as for me, like I was not meeting anyone (laughs) anywhere because I was pretty mad, but I was lucky enough to have um, Christian influences and people that really dug out the lies from Mm -hmm. the truth. 
And that was very important, especially during that time in my life. I think that's a really cool testament. You know, I feel like God gives us the church and he talks so strongly about being involved in a local church and a local community and how amazing that, you know, you found, you know, your mentor, um, McKenna, was it, was it Deborah Jenkins? I know yeah. you've talked about yeah. her in the past and how wonderful she's been in her in your life, but you know how you found someone who could come beside you and encourage you in the truth. Um, you know that's what God calls us to do as believers, and I think it's also incredible that you were you know around your dad and able to look to him. You know, a man with unwavering faith, even in a difficult situation, and. Um, yeah, I feel like that's, those are really cool ways that, you know, God was able to reach out during a time of real pain and heartache. And, you know, how has all of this changed your life going forward? Do you think that joy can still be found in the loss and the pain? Yeah. I mean, I think it, my life has definitely changed. Like if I had looked back and like written out my life for what it would have been at 16, well, thank God that that didn't happen. <laughs> Literally, thank the Lord. Um, but also I found so much joy during that time. I have always like been that person that has like a smile on my face, all of those things. And so I think that I just put it, I compartmentalized and I put it in a different place. Honestly, I think it did make me a lot more hesitant when it came to relationships. You know, I was ready to go on this whole marriage thing. But when I got to college, I had like these panic attacks. Like I would literally breathe into a brown paper bag. And this is like my freshman year. Um, you know, I had to grow up so much in high school that when I got to college, I was like for real having that freedom. Like it was awesome. I had a credit <laughs> card. <laughs> like, I mean, I didn't have a curfew, which like, I don't even know if I had one in high school. I was just super respectful. But like, then I just like, it didn't matter. Like I was, I had, I could go to bed whenever. And it wasn't like our same routine that my dad and I had. And so I kept thinking that if I got married so young, like at 20 years old, like my parents did, I would be divorced 25 years later. And I couldn't wrap my head around putting my kids through what I went through. And I, I mean, I swear my dad thought I went crazy. I broke up with my first love, longtime boyfriend and <laughs> pierced my nose. Oh my gosh. It was like the worst thing. My dad came to visit me and he was like, let me walk on your oh better gosh. side. And basically the nose piercing lasted all of four days. Wow. <laughs> it was a hard couple of years getting through college. My faith suffered a bit. Um, until God really introduced me to two of these friends that had a very strong relationship with God. And, um, I was involved in young life and just different things like that. And it, I mean, it was hard, but it helped distinguish again, like that truth of what God says from what I was feeling, the lies the devil was putting in my head, uh, which is going to happen all the time. I think I realized too, that joy is just all around us. It is definitely hard to see and feel sometimes. It was really hard to see and feel when the home I grew up in was no longer our home. It was hard to wrap my head around um, everything that had changed, like my mom officially moving to Texas and just processing all these things that do happen in waves and things that maybe even now I'm not fully recuperated from and just really want to make sure are different for my future. You know, working through that is really painful. And my mentor from high school, she always had this like little frame quote, and I may have mentioned it in other like past um, podcasts, but it all, it always stayed with me. 
a heart that touches the lives of others goes on forever and ever. It actually is shocking to me that this isn't a Bible (laughs) verse because this woman knew her scripture and her Bible was all kinds of worn down, um, which is the better sign that somebody is reading it if you Mm -hmm. didn't know that. But it hit me. She used to say, what's beautiful about this quote is that God is in our hearts so then he can go on forever and ever too. I think that that is really tough when you're going through a hard thing to even be able to see the joy or open up your heart to what the Lord is trying to be there for you for. Um, And I think she also mentioned, my mentor, that it kind of was like the realization of you only get one mom, you get one dad. Are you really going to let being human taint the fact that they are your parents? You got one, you want to make the most of it. And she was right. Like it really stuck with me. And like, while there were so many hard things that I went through with both parents, but really my mom and I's relationship was, was hurt by all of this. Like I didn't, like there was that point where I was like, she's right. And then there was other times where I was like, no, you know, like (laughs) I am going to let it be tainted. But I think it's important to be like, that's true. Like our lives are so short with the people that we love and like where this whole month we'll be talking about loss and we're getting into that and people have lost like loved ones and parents and what a hardship that is and how like the closure there isn't there. And so Mm -hmm. I didn't have that. And, um, I didn't, my mother was still there. She was still living. She was breathing. And, but in the, in the moments of pain, it's very hard to separate your feelings and not feel like so hurt. And at the time, I mean, you feel like your heart is ripped out from, from you. Um, Mm -hmm. and we also put it this way. It was like, it wasn't just like a scratch, like a scratch. Okay. It heals. Maybe it bleeds a little bit, but it goes away. It was like, you got cut by a knife and you're left with a scar. And the scar is a constant reminder. And that is what is so hard because while I have these scars now, it is a constant reminder, but it's also such a good perspective on, I knew going into whatever relationship I was going to go into. And I think it helped me in not jumping into anything. I'm not divorced. Like I'm not, I don't have those things. I'm not, I'm, I'm saying like, that is a hard thing. And I think that people still will go through divorces, even if their parents have gotten divorced, like things happen, relationships fall apart. And I understand that, but her love for me did not change. My mom's Mm -hmm. love for me did not change. And it's the same thing that God's love for us does not change. Um, And that's what helped me get through it too. You know, my mom and I worked through some really tough things and my dad and I got through a lot together. And as well, like now they're both in happy, healthy marriages. Um, And that was all a journey. It definitely didn't happen overnight it gave me a lot of perspective and character with things, um, that I ended up facing, you know, just throughout my life, through college, through way after college, um, to even now I'm still sad, like that, you know, my family isn't what I remember, but I also can embrace the new memories and the new family. I get all the new traditions and be happy that the road led us here. It's really good. Um, hope and joy. And I feel like that that's such good encouragement, McKenna. What's maybe one piece of encouragement that you can give to others who are walking through the same thing? (laughs) I don't know if I have just one. 
Yeah. But finding a Christian community and a mentor would be my first thing. Um, separating the truth from the lies is the second thing. And that community will help you do that. And the third would be to have grace, something I wish I had shown a lot more of. But because of my matter of fact personality, especially at 16 and being super naive, I just didn't understand the point of grace. And now um, I see it a lot more and see where I could have been better about displaying that toward my family. I think, you know, just like you said earlier with the triangle, it's not something that we can do, you know, of our own. Like there's no like strength that can like reach down inside us and like be like, okay, I'm going to have grace for this like really difficult situation that's going on. But like, as we grow closer to our like Christian community, as we are pointed to God and growing closer to him, he's the one who had, you know, so much grace for us that he sent his son to die for us. So, you know, when we were sinners mm-hmm. and, you know, it's not something that we can do alone to have grace for these like really hard situations that feel out of our control. But with God, I feel like we can get to a place of, of better understanding and, and having that just like he has for us. Yeah. And I think that um, mm-hmm. forgiveness is one of the hardest things that somebody probably goes through when you're, when your yeah. family falls apart. Um, it's forgiveness for yourself because in a way that you like start casting blame and you kind of take on that blame. But I think that just being able to forgive and move on um, is hard, but time, people tell me that time (laughs) doesn't help, but I really do think it does because it helps you forget those little things that actually didn't matter of why you were angry and, and, and like angry in the first place. And I think that forgiveness is like, you can't do it right away. So you kind of have to go through those stages of grief, like we were talking about. And also like you have to talk it out because that is so hard. And I didn't have like the counseling that I kind of wish now Mm -hmm. looking back, I had done, but I know that any time that I have like had that time away and processed and been able to have time with God and let him show me what he wants to say, I, I have that feeling of forgiveness and I have forgiven like what has happened, you know, and, and that is like really important to be able to move on and, and essentially like have a happy marriage in your own life. I've seen you do that so well. And it truly amazes me, you know, the love that you have for your family. I, I honestly, McKenna, I don't think I've ever seen anyone embrace a new family. Like you embrace yours and, um, you just have so much love and it's like you fully forgiven, like all of the pain and the hardship and, um, yeah, it's, it's really amazing. And I think that, you know, sometimes when loss can feel so all consuming and so painful, you know, we turn to Jesus. He's the one who can understand. He's the one who bore the weight of our sin, you know, the sin of the whole world and suffered death on the cross and then rose again, defeating death and overcoming the darkness. He's the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. One day in the final battle, God will crush the serpent's head and throw him into the lake of fire for good. Then he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things will have passed away. Revelation 21.4. We look forward to this day with great anticipation and hope. (laughs) Believe me, I sure do. We will not be left in our pain and our loss. This is why even in the really difficult times, we can find joy in our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ. 
that's it for today. Oh my goodness. I can't believe we just went through all of that. (laughs) Um, But I hope that you guys find some type of peace when you're going through this. And if it is something that you're struggling with now or um, have struggled with in the past, I am so sorry. Uh, I know it's not easy, (laughs) believe me. Um, But I do know it's worth it in the end. And prayer and um, community are so important to have those like foundations. God is going to walk you through this if you let him. Um, So you guys know where you can find us. You can find us at njspark.co or njsparkco on Instagram. Before we go today, we want to leave you with this verse. It's found in John 14, 27. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you.